Welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. Our podcast is sponsored by Easy Choir Music. And I know I've, I talk about it every podcast because they're our sponsor, but they are full of great resources for you. Whether you direct a children's choir, whether you direct an adult choir, and a school choir, whatever the case is. Uh, last week at my choir rehearsal, I started using and, and working on uh, Create a Me uh, by Darian Krim. I wrote about it on the blog a few weeks back. And once we finished the song, I, I heard comments like, wow, that's really beautiful. I really like it. Yes, I have a piece that's uh, that's published by Easy Choir Music, but I can tell you from experience with the resources, it is great, great material. I highly recommend, I wrote about it on Saturday, uh, Ruth Elaine Schramm's In Gethsemane. Uh, that is a beautiful, beautiful piece, a great one for Monday, Thursday, if you have a worship service and are looking for something for your choir. I highly recommend you take a look at that. Ruth's music is is very accessible just by nature of her writing, and she does such a great job of writing just some beautiful pieces for choir that are easy to sing. This one is no different. Um, The text is beautiful. The music is beautiful. The melody is, wow, gorgeous. And it all fits together. The best part, though, out of all of that, the best part to me is you only have to buy a PDF. You don't have to buy individual copies and all of the frustration and headaches that come with what happens if the music doesn't get turned back in, it gets lost, you have to spend more. It's a budget stretcher, big time budget stretcher. You can go to easychoirmusic.com. You can see a YouTube video for every piece that has the music on the page and you can look at it course i did have a couple people tell me it's a little small to read well yes but you can see the music and hear the music at the same time which is a huge huge help all right so on today's episode we're going to talk about practice 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 right yeah really practice it's something that we spend hours on in our formative years of music and once we get to a certain point as a quote-unquote professional church musician, do we always keep up that practicing? Yesterday, I was stunned in the afternoon to hear news of Kobe Bryant, a former basketball player, killed in a, in a helicopter accident. Now, growing up, I was a big basketball fan. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, uh, which was not far from Chicago, so I loved Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was my guy. I wanted to be him. And along comes this kid, Kobe Bryant, who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he tried to talk like Michael Jordan. He tried to play like Michael Jordan. Essentially, he tried to be Michael Jordan. I didn't like him at all. But... As I grew up and as I watched him play, I I had this awe and amazement at the abilities and talents that he had. And we know that having talent and ability is one thing. Natural, God-given ability is is an amazing thing and a blessing. But what do you do 
with that natural talent and that ability. Well, in listening to a lot of the tributes and a lot of uh, former players talk about Kobe Bryant, the one thing that I caught on to that kind of led me to thinking about talking about this topic in the podcast today was his work ethic, his commitment to practice before the game, after the game, whenever he had time. That's 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 something that we don't always see. And it's something with somebody who had that natural ability. I mean, Kobe Bryant went from playing high school basketball to playing in the National Basketball Association. That that rarely happens and rarely happens successfully. So he had this natural ability, but yet he kept working at it. And for many of us, it's not that we don't want to work at it. It's maybe that other things come up like, well, ministry or family or shuttling kids here, there, and everywhere. Those are all important and essential things. But we have to make sure that we're spending that time to practice. Growing up as a young musician, I hated practicing. Probably most all of us do. Um, it's not fun. It's work. Because you have to keep going over certain passages over and over until you get it right. But my parents encouraged me. Actually, my mother always said, Craig, I love hearing you practice when I do the dishes. Well, she did the dishes every night, so I had to practice. But there came a certain point in time where I realized that my natural ability was only going to take me so far and I had to I had to work at it. Now I'm great at making excuses and I always could find excuses excuses excuses. But one of the things that I found and I keep coming back to again and again is when I choose to not make excuses and I actually intentionally put in the work good things happen. When I make excuses or things come up and I don't make my practicing a priority, it is noticeable. And for me, the last couple of weeks have been that way just because of life, but that's another story for another day. But how often do you practice whatever instrument it is, whether you play the piano, whether you play the organ, guitar, whether you sing, whether you conduct, do you, how often do you practice it? I, I don't as much as I need to. I'll, I'll confess that first and foremost. Like I said, I'm great at making excuses and I'm great at letting other things pop up. Now granted, I'm wearing different hats, many different hats. I, I play keyboard with the worship band. I play the organ for worship on Sunday mornings. I direct the adult choir. I direct the handbell choir. I do children's music. I direct a men's choir. I choose the music for the worship services. Yeah, there's a lot, right? And there's a lot of hats that I wear, but that's not an excuse. I have to make that a priority. One of the challenges for me growing up was I loved to sing. I played the piano. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I started, I switched from taking piano lessons to organ lessons. And I played the trumpet. I started in fifth grade and played through uh, my sophomore year of college. And finally, 
My sophomore year of college, I had to make some choices. Because I was on scholarship for voice, I was on scholarship for organ, I sang in choir in college, and I had to keep my grades up and work. So the trumpet had to get set aside, and you can probably guess what happened. It rarely got picked up. And that is probably uh, one of the bigger regrets that I have in life that I never really kept up with it. Now, my trumpet's sitting in my closet right now. <laughs> it's about five feet from where I'm sitting. But today, as much as I really want to practice it and, and sit down with it, I have a few other things that take priority. And that's how we are in life, right? We have things that take priority. And that same closet is an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar. Now, I've tried and tried throughout the years to teach myself to play guitar. And, and I know the, the theory of it. And, I, and, and all I have to do is spend time with it and practice it. And I would be able to play it. But other things come first. Other things become more of a priority. Once again, I encourage you to go to easychoirmusic.com along with all of the things that I said at the beginning of the episode about how amazing it is you can also purchase rehearsal tracks for each individual voice parts that's huge I love having the opportunity to give my choir the tools that they need to practice and prepare because I know that not all of them are musicians and have piano abilities or even the pianos to sit down and practice at home so having that rehearsal track is great what i typically do is i'll sit down at the piano and play out their part this is a quality recording of somebody singing their part and not the piano playing along so again i just so encourage you to go to it check it out you'll find something i'm sure of it okay so I've kind of talked a little bit about the fact that we don't always make practicing a priority. We neglect that time and that intentionality. Other things just kind of naturally creep up or we allow them to creep up. So now we have to wrestle with the most important question. How do you make practicing a priority? That's a hard one. It really is because, you know, you can you can do what I'm about to tell you, which is schedule it, put it on your calendar, say this is my standing time to practice. But the reality is, as much as you schedule it, when you're in ministry, those schedules shift and those schedules change. For example, for me, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday afternoon is my time to practice. However... Um, we are having a staff calendaring day where we're meeting during the time when I would be practicing. We're also meeting in the morning when we would usually have staff meeting and other things. So tomorrow, I'm not going to get to practice because I have to prepare for my handbell choir rehearsal. And found out this morning that a husband and wife, two of my handbell ringers are probably going to be quitting. So now I have to juggle all of that. And today's my day off from ministry, so I'm trying to not think about that, even though I still have to play for a funeral this afternoon. Anyway, 
You get the point, right? There's stuff that comes up all the time. So yes, the, the easiest way is make a schedule. You know, put it as a reoccurring event on your calendar. Write it in however you calendar, but realize that it's going to have to be flexible. Okay, so if I'm not going to get to practice Tuesday, I can make up for it on Thursday and Friday because my time is more flexible on those days. That's how I adjust. Is that if I'm not able to do it one day, then I can do it the other. So those are things to keep in mind as you're doing it. But you have to be the one to prioritize it. You have to be the one to schedule it. And like I said, if something comes up, then you know you, you have to adjust and edit things. I try as much as I possibly can to keep my practicing between Tuesday and Friday. When I was younger and before I had kids, um, Saturday was a great day to practice. Um, because there typically wasn't much going on in my life. There wasn't much going on in the church. But as my girls have grown up and as my life gets a little bit busier, Saturday is a day to be at home in the morning as much as I can. Now, of course, that doesn't happen over the next five weeks, but that's another story again. Um, but the whole thing is pick out what works best in the rhythm of your life. If you've got young kids, it's basically fit it in when you can. I get it. If it's, um, you know, you're, you're running kids here and there, well then, figure out how that fits in. The other thing that I've found to be helpful, because, you know, when I was taking lessons and, and focusing in on, you know, preparing this piece for some performance, you know, you, you got in that habit and that routine. And... My, my teachers did a great job of, of adding in something that I wanted to do or something fun that wasn't always, you know, <laughs> focused on whatever skill I needed to build up. And I think too often we get so bogged down in the what's coming up, right? Like for me playing the organ, Sunday comes <laughs> with routine regularity. So I'm always having to put together music for that upcoming Sunday or trying to plan a Sunday or two in advance. But to sit down and challenge myself and say, you know what? I haven't played this piece in years or this is a piece I've always wanted to work on and really doing it just for you and just for fun. Making that something that's part of your routine is really important as well. Now I know I know you're listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, Craig is asking me to do something else on top of it. Yes, I am. But the thing that I've found is when I do something for fun, something that I want to do, or something that challenges me in a different outside of church way, I find that it becomes more enjoyable because a lot of times when we're quote-unquote professional musicians, we, we get to the more professional part of it and we lose that passion and that joy and that love for what we do. I hope and pray that that's not the case for you. But we have to make that an importance because otherwise we're going to get worn out. We're going to get tired out. And that's not an easy thing at all. 
I don't. I. It's one of those things that you, individually you have to figure out on your own. Um, like I said, what what best fits the rhythm of your life. Those two things are the biggest things that have worked for me. Um, I'd love to hear what's worked for you because it is it is a challenge. Um, whether it's keeping our skills up in conducting, whether it's playing an instrument, whatever the case may be. If you uh, have any other thoughts that work well for you, um, please feel free to email me. My email is harmonymusic, H-A-R-M-A-N-N-Y music at yahoo.com. Or if you have any other suggestions for the podcast or feedback, um, email me there as well. Also, I encourage you to check out the store, especially this week, the last week of January, which is crazy because we just started January like yesterday, right? But if you go to the store between now and Saturday, this podcast comes out on Monday, and you put one of my pieces for handbells or for children in your cart, and when you get to the coupon code, promo code, type in free handbell for handbell music or free children for children's music, you will get that for free as my gift to you. And I'm following the model of uh, easy choir music that you purchase the PDF and you have permission to make as many copies as you want. So for my handbell music, um, it's $15 for the PDF. That's it. You can make as many copies of it as you need for as long as you need. Same thing with children's songs. It's $5. You can make as many copies for the kids as you need. Um, one of the big upcoming things that I'm working on in the next few weeks is a devotion book for Lent based on Lenten hymns and songs. Um, one of the things that I've done in the past is I have a devotion book called Words of Worship. Um, and you can check that out in the store. Uh, but that is 30 devotions based on hymns and songs. I also have one called Psalms of Worship, which is based on 30 psalms and try to connect those to worship as well. Then the other one that I did, and I recently expanded it uh, this past Christmas, was uh, Songs for the Seasons, which is 25 devotions on Advent and Christmas carols. Um, so those are also available in the store at www.churchmusicmakers.com. Uh, so look for the Lenten devotion book. That will be coming before Ash Wednesday, which is um, just a little more than a month off. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I got going on. And uh, I'm really excited to be um, encouraging you and helping you to be uh, the best church, music church musician that you can be. Thank you so much for listening. And as we do with every episode, let's close with prayer. Father, you have given us gifts, gifts to make music, hearts to serve you, a willing spirit to be used by you in amazing ways. Help us to make our time with those gifts a priority, not just using the gifts because you've given them to us, but working to better them, working to improve them, challenging ourselves to say, I can always do better. And I pray that you would work through that, that you would bless those endeavors so that for all of us in our congregations, in our worship, in our personal lives, in what we do, that we would 
sing your praises, that we would play your praises, that we would worship you and give you all the glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.